This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, an unofficial podcast for Greater Than Games' Spirit Island. Episode 313. Spirit Island Wrap Up. Music by Brian Capillus. Featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. finals are 1100 UTC this Saturday. The finals are 1100 UTC this Saturday. Everyone beware. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I feel better. I got it out. So the finals are this Saturday? Uh, I think so. At like 1100 UTC or something like that. Good. 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 So check that out, please. Uh, it'll be, it's going to be huge. We've got, we've got the finalists from before you remember. Uh, <laughs> so and, go re-listen to episode many, many weeks ago. Uh, which episode yeah. was our interviews with the finalists? It was Don't worry so about many it. numbers ago. Don't just, worry about just it. so many. Uh, it's not a big deal. <laughs> We're going to fix it. We're fixing it in post and post is next year. Uh-huh. You better get ready for tournament uh, six. Yeah, yeah. Tournament six. tournament six is around the corner. Okay, <laughs> and it's gonna be my year. Okay, the tournament five that was that was a decoy year. Tournament six, I'm gonna win it. Yeah. I'm winning the whole thing this We've time. We've had some good uh, sort of pseudo jokes develop uh, in this last week. We I so I did a mock finals game last yes. weekend. We played on the finals slices. Uh, right. Spoiler warning. I did win that game, so I've won a game on the final slices. I mean, it kind of feels like I'm a finalist winner. Like it feels like I've won mm-hmm. a finals now. You know, I've just—I don't know. Maybe I won the finals. It's—it's it's hard. Who can tell? Yeah. Why not just include yourself? Uh, just take the role. Yeah. Um. Because you're—I mean—you're in charge anyways. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You decide. My, you write the history. I can of it. do. <laughs> I write the history. <laughs> so you—you you can just make yourself finals winner. Right. You can just put yourself in that Discord role. Absolutely. Why don't you do it? Yeah. The other fun thing is, uh, you know, we, we do these slices and I, people forget every year uh, that the finals slices do not have names until the game happens because the, yes. the slices are named after the finalist who plays in that slice. Yes. Uh, but what is a fun development of the last two years is there's actually seven slices. Uh, <laughs> so I would like to now uh, reveal to you, Hunter, that you have been gifted the unchosen slice of no. this year's finals will be called Hunter. It will be the Hunter slice, and it is the no. unchosen slice. Wait, why shouldn't it be you? Finals. You're the one that won no, the game. Because you're tourney five winner, and you got to be represented in there. It's, it's That's you. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, yeah, I am I am the backup finalist if one of them were perhaps to break down. I'm, I'm ready in the wings. Um, and it's because I just had such a good run uh-huh. uh, in this year's tournament. Absolutely. Just to review my run, I was in the prelims. Uh-huh. But it was a great run. It was a really good. There were a lot. There was a lot going on. I mean, it was like people were really watching it. And I mean, it's, you crushed you know, it on the signup form. You know what? You earned your slot to that freelims. You you, you yes. busted through the qualifiers and, and busted through the qualifiers, yeah. which will never happen again. I am I am yeah. one of the last people to ever get a buy in the tournament. Mm-hmm. One of the last ones. There are only about a hundred or so of yep. us. And that's so the that's end. Something. Next year, we'll talk about... We will talk about that in the coming weeks, uh, but I think I don't want to like... What do you mean next year? It's happening this well, year. Well, you know, now. I know, but in the... in the, in the the com- I mean, next year's... Tur- yeah, that is confusing, isn't it? That's why they can't be called the 2022 tournament, 2023 tournament anymore. Is, uh, yeah. It very much will cross over. Uh, it's just the sixth year. one. It's okay? just the it's sixth, sixth tournament. tournament. Yep. Tournament, yeah. tournament six. Uh, if we haven't said it already, it starts right around the corner, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it is October, basically. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it will have, we'll talk more about the structure of that, um, and everything, but, uh, you know, we, we have, a we have an episode. This is the last episode that we owe you. If you remember way back Mm -hmm. many, many episodes ago, we committed to a list of episodes. We had a, we had a, a recorded production meeting that we let serve as an episode, which we're probably we're not we're probably not going to do that yeah, again. Yeah. Okay, so I hope you didn't like that, um, <laughs> and if you did happen to like that, you're weird, uh, but you can tell me if you did. Um, oh, so instead uh, of doing that again, we're probably just going to draft a list of episodes uh, we'll out through the rest normal. of the year. We'll do what everybody else in we'll uh, content creation thing. does. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Um, so th- this is like kind of one of the last ones. Um, I don't think we're going to have like a season wrap up. Right. This it's is not effectively like the season, the season finale. Cohesive. Like th- yes. this is a season finale basically. And it is. We had two big goals with this season, this, this grip of episodes, which was to re-review um, and re-write uh, strategy guides for the seven POK mm-hmm. factions mm-hmm. and to write introduction guides to all of the base game Spirit Island Spirits. That's right. Um, and that is what we are going to wrap up on today. Um, although I guess we could throw in a little bit of POK guide stuff if we yeah, wanted we to. Could, we also we have could a chat about it. We got a lot of stuff we can do with this, with this episode. I think we should start though with Spirit Island. Yeah. Um, because it's called the Spirit Island episode, so maybe we should give we them should. that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to tease too, though. There will be an extended homebrew review this episode. This uh, week's episode will have the much-awaited impulse core uh fight off fight to the death we're gonna have a battle royale of the homebrew review has spent the last month submitting impulse core errata uh or 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 omegas as it were and so don't worry there's going to be lots of ti conversation uh in the back half of this episode but yeah let's let's chit chat about spirit island and our experience with uh learning this new game and especially uh it was a weird one it's really weird that we tackled this game on this show because this is a show about a competitive strategy game uh-huh. and uh we have diverged in two other instances on this show we talked about dune a uh competitive strategy game and mm-hmm. then we talked about root which is a uh, let me check my notes here a competitive strategy game yeah and then this time around we did spirit island which is a cooperative strategy game uh mm-hmm. so i guess right out the gate like how do we feel about such a divergence and and learning a game like that? Uh, even even absent of the like faction considerations. Yeah, I like where you're starting with this because I do feel like we should have reflected more on what I think we did a decent job of giving uh, somebody that wants a very basic overview of like things that make sense to do with the spirits. Yeah, um, I think we did that service quite well. I think we did not maybe reflect on the the difference in philosophy of covering a cooperative game versus yeah. a competitive strategy game. Because here's the thing, there's a whole ecosystem to Spirit Island mm-hmm. that is kind of not very coverable in the way that we did it. And yeah. I'm not really sure how we could have covered it right. fully. Um, and maybe doing strategy guides about Spirit Island is kind of impossible up to a certain point. I just felt like with each guide, it kind of frayed out, where we would start Mm -hmm. with some basic things that we could also see that other people had 
uh, covered, mm-hmm. like like things like openings yeah. and what growths make sense and and how these how these unique powers are supposed to be used. And then it and it would be like, okay, cool, and that's all very straightforward. And we would kind of like, I I felt like I well, I'll speak for myself. I was like reviewing, you know, like where is it? Where's the community at with this already? And yeah. I'd and be like, do I have an issue with where that is at? And be like, a lot of times it would be like, no, because it's fairly basic yeah. and it just kind of makes sense. And then it would kind of get out into the complexity of the spe- the specificities of. What are the other spirits in the game? Yeah. What adversary have you selected? Are you playing a scenario? Yeah. Uh, how are things going right. in it? The, right. What's the difficulty what are the, level? What did the massive deck give you? <laughs> just what randomly. What did you yeah. receive? And it was just like, uh, well, that part's all uncoverable, but not yeah. coverable. Right. You know, so it would just feel a little bit like it. it like I'm really glad there is a a podcast for Spirit Island, mm-hmm. which is called Kindred Spirits. Yep. Um, and you should check it out if you want to hear somebody talk more about Spirit Island. And I now understand why that show works the way it works. Mm-hmm. And that was not obvious to me at first um, because they go pretty deep on a lot of different stuff that is not necessarily just, what is it like playing from yeah. a, one particular spirit's perspective? Right. Um, and I think that is uh, a lot smarter. The, yeah. You have to cover like an entire ecosystem if you're going to talk about Spirit Island. Um, that I think our kind of nitty gritty, just sit down in one seat kind of perspective, it's tough. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think we really nailed it. I think we did all right. I think we but. did all right. And, and I like differing ourselves, of course. You know, I I, I enjoyed. Um, I, I think especially towards the end, I started to gain the mentality of like, I'm not teaching you how to be a master of these spirits. And sure, I think some of them are just actually. I think the game is relatively complex even just in like the number of words and symbols that you're meant to like grasp right so so much of my mentality towards those last couple guides became so much more focused of how can i help you look at this spirit board for the first time and just grok what it's telling you i think that is the hardest thing to do in spirit island is to sit down with a new spirit and be like let's take stock of all the stuff we start with because there's a in some of them there's a lot and if anything too i look ahead future expansions and i am still overwhelmed and so for me it was always i sit down with a spirit and i can't even tell what i'm looking at and i go through a process of learning what i'm looking at and i'm just trying to relay how that process felt to me and i think that was kind of an interesting approach but it's you know it is questionable who it's useful to because also in being a cooperative game it is essentially a puzzle game and like that's the act of playing is to solve the puzzle, yes. right? That that yes. becomes the situation. Um, the thing that is cool that Kindred Spirits does is like they take and they have like an adversary guide. So they look at what are you trying right. to solve for? I'm trying to solve Brandenburg, Prussia. Okay, mm-hmm. what are the types of tools you would hope to have at, uh, dispo- at your disposal to solve the specific problems that Brandenburg, Prussia has given you? What that relies on that you and I could not have done is like a somewhat basic understanding of every spirit in the game, right? Yeah. Okay, I know the problem is Brandenburg Prussia's thing. Here are some of the spirits that have tools that are good at that. Well, we weren't, we have to learn these spirits. So I think that's what this was, was the listeners joining us on that that journey of just sort of like, what is it like to sit down at a table with a new thing and figure out what it is on the other side? Uh, I, I I feel like that's what we did early on with twilight imperium even i mean we knew third edition Mm -hmm. a lot but our our initial wave of fourth edition stuff was like sit down hash things out in your brain 
put them right. down on paper <laughs> into an audio format and have the community bounce back and forth with it, right? That is so much right. of what we did. I think, if anything, the fault of Spirit Island is it was such an established ecosystem when we came in. And if, if, if right. I think you and I had the most uh, internal pushback when we were like, I don't know, this person wrote up a guide that works really well. <laughs> like yeah. When we got to do TI4, there weren't as cohesive written guides for ti4 factions we were a part of the oh. community developing that stuff um, right there was even, no community yeah. here's why there was no ti4 community <laughs> until the we game created didn't it. exist <laughs> the game didn't exist and i don't remember i don't recall any subreddits regarding uh twilight imperium and we were the first two people to ever like the game and yeah, we came saying. in and we <laughs> no i'm not making fun of you i'm 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 just i think it'd be funny if right now we, we tried to rewrite history yeah. and say we were the first two people to ever like ti4 and no one liked it before us i right. mean we're 33 we're the oldest people that like it that's right so that's right i've never met moose in person and he's not <laughs> he's not much older than me he's mm -hmm. not basically it, my dad uh it's true it's so true. but no i i think that was what we lacked is every time and you know what? Dune felt the same way, is what is, uh -huh. is how I'll put it. Root was new enough where it felt like even though we were coming in after the first expansion had come out and sort of the second right. expansion was like an idea, people hadn't been like mastering the strategy of Root yet. That was still really developing, which means we just got to be a part of that ecosystem of sort of learning it. Whereas Dune had the same feeling where it's like there are people with treatises about how to play uh -huh. the Benny Gesserit. And we know how to do that. And so when you and I sit down at that table, here's how it feels. The errata for those episodes is almost entirely smarter people than us just being like, you guys did an okay job. You know, this is yeah. something you missed. Yeah. This is something uh, that I thought was a good <laughs> point. But none of it was like that, that sense of interaction like we get mm -hmm. when all of us together as a community are trying to solve the puzzle yeah and i think like yeah you're right i'm i'm not sure how many people we helped that's the thing <laughs> right. that's the thing about the guides is like i don't think we did a bad job i'm just not sure how useful we have been right. to spirit island folks yeah and i'm not really sure it, like with root i think we did a good thing which is that we tricked um you know, some friends of ours <laughs> yeah. into starting a podcast solely about Root. In fact, I was at RootCon uh, last weekend in Heck Portland. Yeah. Uh, and at one point, I was talking to uh, a co uh, old comedy acquaintance of mine, happened to be there, who didn't know anything about board games. And he was surprised to see me there. He didn't know I was in this world. Uh -huh. And uh, Sam from uh, Woodland War Machine was, like, talking about me. And Sam was like, yeah, this is actually... The, uh, this guy and his friend invented the idea of just talking about wood board game for a podcast. And I was, I was ashamed and proud at the same time. Right. I was proud shamed, basically. And, proud shamed. I was proud shamed real bad. Uh, you know, and because it's like this other guy, he was like, I don't even know what, yeah. I, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what is going on here. Um, but yeah, it was weird to be told that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm so glad that Woodland War Machines exists, and because it means that we don't have to cover root. You know what I mean? Like right. we, we, it's it's done. It's out there. If you want that, check out mm -hmm. Woodland War Machine. The thing is, we probably should have realized too with Spirit Island. It's like there is a podcast for that, and there are there's a good there's a a good YouTuber that does like 
in-depth strategy guide stuff where you watch like it being played on TTS, like while yep. this YouTuber is explaining the stuff. I wish I remembered the name of the YouTuber, but Kalen North. Yeah, Kalen North, who you know does does strategy guide type stuff on YouTube, is very visual. It's I think it's I think it's just as good, if not better, than than what we have done. Yeah. It's uh, a lot more Spirit solo Island. focused, I would say. I mean, it's very much like in the Spirit Island app kind of focus. But I, I right. mean, to a certain extent, I do think that is like a natural place to go with it because again, it's like a puzzle solver. And you can't solve, like, the, the point of the game is the solving of the puzzle with other people. So the only strategy exactly. you can do is the, here's what it's like to solve the puzzle by yourself, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I just think, I think our approach when it comes to talking about board games, it is a very particular thing. Yeah. Um, and that perhaps Spirit Island is a game where all you really need is just a quick summation of how your spirit works yeah. and that going from there is enough that you maybe don't need two people to talk through mm -hmm. to do the kind of basic uh view that we were kind of doing on it yeah. that it makes more sense to either go all out and just kind of nerd out about it yeah. um, and talk about all of the complexity assuming you have like a high level of knowledge of everything going on with spirit island right um then it is to be like here's here's how these mechanics are yeah. meant to work together um, so, yeah, I do think, like, I'm more excited about us potentially providing a new uh, service that right. does not already exist, that is yeah. not, you know, already something defined. So that means what's odd about that is that either requires us to do this uh, type of method that we do, the Space Cats method, mm -hmm. we'll call it, mm -hmm. um, on a new game or a game nobody likes or cares about. <laughs> So, yeah, we just have to be the only ones weird, in the huh? room for it to matter. Uh -huh. uh, no, I think I th on, on, upon reflection, I think the other way we could have tackled this and it would have. I, I think tackling games like this require a lot more work up front, uh, uh, depending on what we're sort of looking at. Um, yeah, but the the idea I now have, if I were to like reset and want to do a new set of Spirit Island guides it would be more akin to our episodes that are like an episode about objectives and an episode about tech and an episode yeah. about that. And doing that with Spirit Island where it's like, let's talk about blight today and all of the things that interact with blight mm -hmm. and we'll talk about a few. But again, yeah. that requires that you and I have like gotten pretty good Expert with knowledge. most spirits <laughs> and, and have had experience with lots of the components. Like, yeah, re realistically, the the sort of most interesting ways to do some of these episodes is to, I mean, you got to be kind of, I mean, that's what people come in for, right? Is they come for yeah. at least some semblance of a expert's opinion. Not that we are experts, but we are pretty knowledgeable about Twilight Imperium, I'd say. Even, even when we started the show, I would say we were decently knowledgeable about Twilight Imperium. There's always We weren't as knowledgeable as we thought we, we were. Oh, yeah, sure. So we had the confidence, and we don't have that confidence, confidence anymore with new games, because we now are more, the more you know, the more you know you don't know, right? Yeah. So oh, there, there is that. that tough? <laughs> I, th I think that's the worst thing about knowledge, yeah. is that as you acquire it, you become more aware of the giant gulf. Yeah between your your little bucket that what i'm talking about is the your brain, your brain space bucket. your knowledge bucket and the overall amount of knowledge within yeah. the entire universe mm -hmm. um and there are of course small universes big universes twilight imperium is a universe and that your bucket can be filled but yeah. not full but not encompass uh the giant mass um and yeah i think you know 
when it comes to spirit island i think we had uh drops drops in the bucket yeah um we should have played Spirit Island if we had really wanted to do this, which I don't even think I'd want to do what I'm describing, is we should have played Spirit Island for two years and then decided <laughs> to start talking about it then. Um, but yeah. why do that when Kindred Spirits already exist? Sure. Like, just check out that yeah. show. It's a really good show, and I like those people. Well, and, and I do think the, the reason I'm still proud of, like, the episodes we put out is, I mean, I do think our audience is a Twilight Imperium audience when we come to these other games we are not assuming we are now a Spirit Island podcast. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. We are a podcast about fans of a specific game that might want to get into this other game. And so yeah. let's sort of bridge a gap. And that's a lot of what I think ends up coming out of all of our sojourns into other games is like, a, let's just talk about bridging this gap, okay? Uh, yeah. We are not the masters of it. We are learning it, and you're going to be learning it too. So let's all learn it together is, is very much the vibe. Yeah, there's like kind of a book club yes. atmosphere. Of just like, ah, like we got into this. Let's see if y'all want to get into yeah, it too. Right. Um, but I think that I've learned from this experience that like I want to feel like the work and this is and feel is the important word of this <laughs> sentence. Okay. Because uh -huh. otherwise what I'm saying might sound kind of, I don't know. I don't know how this will come off. But I want to feel like the work I'm doing on a particular board game is kind of vital or needed in some way mm -hmm. and i did not feel like that about spirit island which is not like i'm not trying to say like oh we failed we messed up <laughs> i more just realized like oh like i want to feel like oh yeah i'm really helping people out mm -hmm. figuring out this game and i yeah i i i i personally would probably just use the spirit island wiki over yeah. like our <laughs> right. i probably wouldn't have listened to any of those you know what i mean like <laughs> right. i personally would have been like nah, i don't need to hear these two bozos kind of yeah. like go back and forth on it i'd kind of rather just read it for myself and then like all right i get it and i then can start, listen you know. to them for half an hour or i can read these two paragraphs <laughs> yeah and it's like they're pretty good so it's like i mean they're not perfect a lot sure. like they're i definitely found stuff to like disagree with uh, on the finer details of things but like I still was like, oh, this was pretty fast. It didn't take me very long to like get up to snuff on this stuff. So like what, you know, therefore what is um, the overall point? Yeah. Let's maybe like, let's review the game a little bit. Sure. Like what, what did we like about it? What did we dislike about it? We've spent like mm -hmm. months now yeah. with Spirit Island. Yeah. You know, it I, feels like we should have some critical opinions here. Sure. I still come to the, the feeling of, I think the, presence like the table presence of the game i like quite a bit still i think yeah i think the story being told through plastic pieces versus wood pieces versus the way the map looks and the way mm -hmm. like there's so many things about it that i think um are enticing ideologically <laughs> like as just right. like in my mind i don't know if all of those things have panned out uh, you and I were talking before we started recording, and I think this is even a point you could probably uh, sum up even more. But there is this, there is a sense that sometimes the theme doesn't keep up with where I want the theme to be, basically. Right. So, so it, yeah, it's a thematic strategy game, right? So, and that's yeah. kind of like, that's our whole thing is we love the yeah. thematic strategy games. Um, when I'm playing a thematic strategy game, if I'm, especially if they're like different, if we're talking about factions, unique abilities, um, I want to feel an underlying sense of a little bit of role play yeah. going on. A little bit of the theme in the in the mechanical aspect of it is making me feel like I'm sort of doing something or I'm serving some sort of purpose. 
Yeah. And this is the point I'm about to make here is like a kind of mileage may vary type point. And I can totally imagine someone hearing even where I'm going with this and feeling like, oh, no, 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 no. But I never really felt like I was the spirit yeah. I was playing. Yep. It felt a little too abstracted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to feel that way I, because it's because thematically what Spirit Island is doing is way more interesting yeah. and unique than something like Twilight Imperium. Right. Twilight Imperium is like, you, know, you, you like Star Wars? Right. Uh, we got Star Wars. There's like, you know, and Muppets, the, you know. The, <laughs> the name of our show is essentially a joke on, this one's the Space Cats. This one over here is the Peace Turtles. Yeah. Here's the Space Pirates. Like everything gets summarized in like uh-huh. two words. Yeah. And Spirit Island, it's like, this esoteric sort of meandering thought process of what the faction's essence kind of is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's, Which is brave and, and cool, but hard to just like instantly tap into. It's complicated, and I feel like I didn't enough of the time feel like I was actually like one of these spirits. Yeah. Um, I thought I would be like, wow, my abilities are so cool, and I like the the ramping up mm-hmm. for me and how that works and the different tracks I'm playing in. But I don't know if I ever thought like, like, you know, when you play Mentac for the first time, when you're like, I'm a pirate and I'm pillaging right now, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that right, feeling of, right. and I'm not saying I feel that way with Twilight Imperium anymore. Absolutely not. Sure. At this point, I'm dead inside with that game. You know what I mean? Like it's all just, I've seen the matrix and it's all just number pervert stuff, but I, it's, it, it did feel that way at one point. Yeah. You know, I would play right. that was Sardak hook. and feel more aggressive mm-hmm. and more, you know, or play Necro especially and feel more aggressive than mm-hmm. normal, even though eventually we found out strategically you don't even need to play Necro aggressive. Right. Like, and that's where Twilight Imperium has this problem too of like kind of undoing mm-hmm. its own thematic consistency right. with uh, mechanical hypocrisy. <laughs> um, but spirit island i don't know if i got even the first hit you yeah. know and that right that's tough it's tough to continue playing a game where and i think this is just a personal thing i think there are a lot of people that do get into uh the role play aspect mm-hmm. of of being these spirits but i think that and i'm gonna make oh i'll make a second point that's gonna even shine some light on how uh, uh big stupid dumb dumb i am um I feel like the little the little circular pieces representing mm-hmm. my presence, they're not like thematic enough. Yeah. They're too abstract. Yeah. And so I kind of want like, <laughs> I feel so dumb saying this. I just wish it was like a little toy, you yeah. know? Like I want oh, my, my little mini or something. Yeah. I want something that, that kind of makes me feel like I have a little more identity in it. Matt, you were making a great piece about the, or a great point uh, about the volcano. Yeah spirit there is a spirit in one of the expansions that is like volcano looming uh looming high volcano yeah looming high uh and i've played in games with someone else playing that spirit like a couple of times now and the thematics of it is it's like i am in what i'm an unmoving i sit over here i am this huge massive volcano and every once in a while i erupt and lava yeah. goes everywhere, and it's this massive explosion. And that's a cool theme to think about. Yeah. But very often, at the end of the day, I look over, and as a different player, I see a stack of some control tokens, and I kind of forget that that's meant to be the volcano. And if that right. was, if that was even, I mean, I'll go as far. It, it, this, this is how stupid this is. You know how in uh, TI, every single faction has these command tokens where it could mm-hmm. just be a red triangle. 
Well, it yeah. benefits from the fact that it's got your faction's little symbol on it. It is a huge yep. waste of cost <laughs> in Twilight Imperium. Mm -hmm. They could cut so mm -hmm. many costs and reduce like half the sheets could, of cardboard. They could just be different colors. Yeah, they, they could, could just be different, be different color colors. Tokens, but it helps that that is my thing. And I feel like things like Volcano Looming Large could have that sort of identity where their presence looks like their presence, not purple's yeah. presence or yellow's presence uh, and it's, it's true it kind of seems like the new expansion has a little bit of that there's a few more spirit specific components so that is enticing uh but yeah it, it was it was lacking for us a bit in the base game yeah i just feel like i don't know it's like it's rough to admit of being that big of a dum-dum yeah. but <laughs> Uh, and I hope you all appreciate that we're really putting ourselves out here as 33-year-old <laughs> so idiots. Brave. But, like, it just, I want my toys yeah. to look the right, I want them to look cool. Like, cool <laughs> toys. Like, not, and, and you know what, though? There, there is a little bit of, there, like, to try and make this point a little more adult and a little more intelligent. It, it is a little weird to me that the, the real specific pieces in the game are the uh the colonists the yeah. the invaders right they get their little minis with the little detail to mm -hmm. it and it's like why are they so well defined right. and then the spirits so abstract when the spirits are really the interesting right. ones you know yeah. what i mean as right. far as as far as like their vibe and their design and everything it's like i could have done with you know, crappy little cardboard pieces for all the invaders. Mm -hmm. I don't care. They don't need to have an identity. I want to feel like I'm the big weirdo, mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, obviously this is all coming from, you know, we don't know how board games are made. We don't know anything yeah, about sure. board games. We've never even played one, but, <laughs> but there is like, cause we play them all online. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm kidding. I'm messing up my point because I'm, I'm uh, being so stupid, but, uh, Oh, what we mean is like I don't understand like how much that would cost. I'm sure like I'm I'm sure that people that made Spirit Island were not like oh like we're totally happy with just specifically these pieces. I'm sure at given enough yeah. like it would be awesome if they had like individual pieces for every single Everything. spirit and that cost like zero money and was like basically <laughs> free and then the game is free and everyone gets one and the yeah. government just pays for it. It's this kind of mandated uh, government thing that everyone gets a copy of Spirit Island and just to learn something, you know, I, I realize that there's a little bit of that in this argument, but I do, I just, yeah, I wish there had been a little bit yeah. uh, more pizzazz when it came to the, right. the spirits themselves. So much gets baked into the artwork of the cards that you play. And that becomes yes. all of the assumed sort of theme of what is happening, right? The things that are happening. Yeah. I mean, compare it to uh, something like in TI, you have action cards that have names and you're meant to infer actions based on those cards or whatever. And you get that in Spirit Island, but it kind of just feels like all baked into the cards specifically. And it sometimes feels like the the things moving around on the board don't have that sense of theme. It just feels like sweeping up the dust on the floor is what you're all what you're always doing on the board itself mm -hmm. is is cleaning up a little bit. And it never feels like I got that guy and I just you know, I, I removed that town and that means this or whatever. That yeah. means X. That is rarely how the sort of interaction with the map felt. Yeah, it also feels like so ma so many of the power cards do like multiple things mm -hmm. that kind of rob them. I feel like of have and and mechanically it makes sense. Yeah, but uh, and this is not, this is not a mechanical critique, but just on a thematic sense, sometimes 
the cards that do multiple things, they feel like they get sapped of any real theme. Like, yeah. it's funny to compare the power cards, which have this, like, beautiful art on right. them and all these, like, symbology stuff, to, like, Twilight Imperium action yeah, cards. Because right. the action cards just have yellow text that says a thing yeah. and then uh, just a description of what the card does. It's yeah. not a very elegant way right. to do anything. However, those action cards... Not always, because uh, a lot of them don't even work the way they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. But they carry a kind of weight of like, this does that. Yeah. Direct hit. Right. Bam, it do that. Right. Blank speed it. Bam, it do that. Right. Whereas sometimes the Spirit Island power cards are sort of like, all right, so we got a little menu of things that are going to happen, Generate and they might happen in slightly <laughs> different ways. Yeah. And it's more abstracted. Yeah. Because if it was just a card that says, bam, does this, right. then that would feel like it had a th more of a thematic punch mm -hmm. than here is an image of a guy doing a thing or, or you know, people running in terror from something, and then a list of things that are happening. Yeah. Like, that's just more complex. Right. And I think, yeah, we're dumb. So we can't, <laughs> you know, it's like direct hit carries even though it's just yellow text yeah. on a well, card has a, a more thematic punch to me than yeah. uh than some of the spirit island power cards I, I feel like so much of the mechanics are almost mechanics first and they're balanced as mechanics and then the writers have to come up with like esoteric like okay so what we is have, happening we here? have this yeah. combination of mechanics <laughs> so what is this and then they come up with like well it's sort of you know when you breathe and the air like it's a little bit hotter than the air outside it's that's what this spirit is this spirit is uh -huh. that feeling because i don't know these mechanics kind of add up to that in my head at least what i think yeah. is the funniest example is all of the power cards have these little symbols on them that mean things, right? And something that right. I think you and I both found very often is sometimes those cards, like that aspect of the cards can be so inane and strange and is is the theme. Like they, they have decided the card means this and because yeah. the card means this, well, that means it has water. The water in this case actually has no me no mechanical con contribution to what you're doing. Right. It's just because yeah. we decided this was a water card and it's like, okay but that part doesn't matter i'm not using those generally speaking sometimes like other people can utilize my my powers you know my, my my elements that i'm not using but that's not usually how it goes and it just feels like there's a mix match there i feel like i'm actually gonna push back a little bit there and say that i and this is just an assumption i'm making i feel like it's probably a lot of um mathing things out yeah. element wise for all of the different spirits yeah and that there is a spirit, there's a reason for that water symbol on that card, yeah. depending on like what the population of spirits is. Mm -hmm. But that perhaps what's happened is that that math is so complex <laughs> that the theme has to stretch so much mm -hmm. to cover mm -hmm. all of that, that right. it ends up feeling a little less easy to uh, click into yeah. from a, from a them thematic right. role play uh, perspective. If we're just talking purely mechanical, I love the puzzle yeah, of Spirit Island. Absolutely. But I think I think me and you both had a similar feeling of like ne never really getting all the way in thematically. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that I think these are the elements that made that happen. Right. It's not like I uh, the number pervert element of the game works for me. Yeah. Um, and the action economy works for me. I, I like how these uh, play. However. I think that if Twilight Imperium was just pure, if there wasn't anything goofy thematic that I could click into with Twilight Imperium, I probably wouldn't love that game. Yeah, right. Um, 
So that's the whole thing. It's like Space Cats, Peace Turtles, if it's anything, it's a meeting of uh, the Dum Dum yeah. and uh, the, the, the the deep mechanics. The crunch. You know. Yeah. The crunch. And, it's and, and, and crunchy Dum Dums. I, I think Spirit Island is is obviously sufficiently crunchy, basically. And, yes. and And if anything, like, again, that is the fun of it. I think that's the fun of playing it at the very least. Like, it is a great game to experience with a group, especially a consistent group. You got more lucky in that end than I did. I, I, I have a group that likes playing it, but I, I, am, mm -hmm. I, just am, I don't make enough time for, like, going to board game night or whatever. Um, right. But in general this is such a great game to like have a group with where you're all solving, especially if you can get on the same page of like yes. difficulty scaling and stuff like that. But like the second you get someone out of that loop, it can actually really upset the flow in a pretty dastardly way. Yeah. This game is really made, I think to be played by the same group over and over because mm -hmm. the, th the thing that would turn me off about it is disagreements on what difficulty level we mm -hmm. should set things at. Mm -hmm. If things were set at too low of a difficulty, I would feel a little sense of like, well, we're not going to have that. There's a, there's a very specific kind of rubber banding that happens in this game of like, we almost lose and then we win, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't have that, then you just stomp it. Yeah. Um, I feel like the almost losing and then we win thing also kind of has issues, but we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> sure. Um, I do think you really need to play with a group of people that really are kind of dead set on agreeing what difficulty yeah. level uh, is appropriate. Right. Um, and, and therefore that means you probably need to play with a group that maybe you're all starting out with it and you're going to keep coming mm -hmm. back to it over and over. And I think it would really shine. But every time my thing was disrupted and then I was playing with someone that maybe wasn't as comfortable, which is, I, you know, I have no issue yeah. with, with adjusting that. And I didn't want them to have a bad time, of right. course. Right. But at the same time, it's like, because of the scalability of the difficulty, mm -hmm. we now have an issue of like, well, are we all on the same page here? Yeah. Um, and then if you're, if you end up having to play on too low of a difficulty, it can just feel a little bit like, right. Well, I'm not feeling that tension as yeah. much. And if the game doesn't have the tension, it it does sort of just become, well, I play these cards and I'm yeah. you you can kind of see victory being inevitable and you're just sort of waiting for victory right. to happen. The flip side of that feels bad too, by the way. I mean, I I played a couple times with some geniuses, some some Spirit Island oh, experts. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And they would say things like, "Well, do you want to tell me what you should do or do you want to just kind of like they're 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 trying very hard not to quarterback me. How polite right. of them." But in seeing that they see something I don't, I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm just like, I'm just going to flub whatever I'm supposed to do. There's obviously a right answer here. Like there is a, there's a better solution to this puzzle and they're just sort of um, appeasing me <laughs> by letting me kind of make a, make the wrong decision here or whatever. Sure. And uh, there, there's a, you know, there was very often when playing with like people much, much better than me where it was like, I could tell there was a, a, a puzzle piece I wasn't putting together correctly. Yeah. I will say this though, if I was playing with somebody that was like, I'm, I'm really, really good at the game and I could help you out, I'd be like, all right, we'll prove you're good uh -huh. by dealing with me playing <laughs> I think I do think that was what, like I was playing with Def Piper and I think that was specifically her like, okay, I'm gonna play yeah. as a weird spirit and I have a handicap and his name yeah. is Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's definitely a way uh, to approach that particular problem. Um, I definitely, I don't wanna give the impression that I mean, I definitely lost a lot, especially yeah. early on in Spirit Island, right. um, especially when I was playing with a group of people that was more experienced than me, and then I was maybe like dragging them down mm -hmm. um, a little bit. But then as soon as I started playing regularly with uh, Sheldon and Sean, my roommates, um, I felt this sense of like, all right, we can just like keep 
yeah. building up and, and, and getting better. And that process felt really fun. Yeah. But it does sort of lock you into like, I think, you know, there's probably a lot of Spirit Island community people that are like, yeah, once you get to a certain level of uh, being good at the game, you can probably just play with whoever. Yeah. But oftentimes I found that if I played with random people, it the, the experience felt a little sloppier, a little all over the place. Mm -hmm. I really liked revisiting it with one group. Yeah. Um, so if you are looking at this episode as some sort of like, did Hunter and Matt like Spirit Island? I would say the context I liked it the most was as a game I play with my roommates. Yep. So if you also live in New York City and are going to have roommates the rest of your life, you might like Spirit Island. I'm 33. I'm going to have roommates forever, uh -huh. okay? Until I until I give up and move back into the woods, you know? And then I'll live in a cabin by myself, you know? And then you never have people to play with. So you play on and the app by yourself. And, and then all you do the, oh, that's a good transition point. But how, how, Matt, how did you like playing this game alone? Because you don't have any friends. <laughs> well, it felt uh, certainly... Uh, with having no one to talk to about my failures, like when I would lose and not having someone to bounce ideas off of, sometimes oh, you would tough. lose and you'd be like, don't know what happened there. Guess we'll uh, boot up another one and try again. Hope it goes yeah. better. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to reflect. You, you got to reflection in a major way. We, we, ha we would have like, because a, a lot of times me and me and uh, Sean or Shelton, we, we, we'd be playing and we would lose fast. Yeah. And then we'd have a little huddle and we'd yeah. be like, so what we do wrong there, and be mm -hmm. like, I think we did this wrong. And be like, all right, we're going to reset the game just like it was. We're going to play through it again. Yeah. And this time, we're going to do what we know to do now. And then mm -hmm. we would just slam it. <laughs> and it felt so good. That is cool. Yeah, I, I wish there was a way to like really easily like have save states in the app and just like, well, let me go back to uh, when I had things under control and see how yeah. I would do it differently or whatever. That's an yeah. interesting idea for like a puzzle game of like, okay, you did fail the puzzle. Back up and see mm -hmm. where you went wrong or whatever. Uh, I mean, you know if Spirit Island was a straight-up video game and had no board game component, it probably would have worked somewhat yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I definitely uh, enjoy the learning of Spirit Island, but that's basically because that's what the entire game really is. Like, the whole yeah. game is the act of learning it. That's why so many of the things that come in expansions that we haven't really, you know, gotten to dive into much at all yet are like... There's even a component that's called aspects. The aspects of these spirits, you can basically change the uh, the the like spirit power, right? Everybody has a a uh, a special rule as it's as it's put, and these aspects very often do away with a special rule and add a new one. More often than not, kind of fundamentally changing the spirit, which is really just another way of saying like learn another new spirit and at this right. point the game between like the number of spirits and the number of aspects of spirits it's like 50 to 70 like total spirits you can play as and then you're mm -hmm. meant to like play those at all of these varying difficulty levels like the game doesn't want you to master it or at the very least i'll put it a different way the game wants you to master it and then walk away and go master yeah. something new it is not yeah. a thing where you've mastered the strategy and so then let's like iterate on that the reason that works in a competitive strategy game is you can master and optimize is a better way to put it you can optimize things about your strategy and then you got to put it up against other people's brains and that yeah. is an un you'll never know what's going to happen with other sure. people right and spirit islands answer to that is like i don't know the decks are so huge any number of a million random things can happen but there's still a certain amount of known variable to that so like once you've beaten a, a an adversary on max level with a particular spirit 
I would say you're done. Like there's would not be a reason to specifically do that again. Like maybe go do another thing or maybe just move on to a new spirit entirely. But it, yeah, it feels like the kind of game where if anything, I think it's why it's hard to have like a favorite spirit. I, I feel like you see people kind of talk yeah. about ones they do like, but it, it's not like it is with competitive games because with competitive games, it's like, listen, their vibe gels with what I'm doing. Whereas everything in Spirit Island is in service of solving the puzzle. And it's right. just like the different components you have at, at your disposal. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's a little bit weird to have a favorite spirit maybe, except for kind of that like nostalgia vibe of like, well, it's one of the starting ones, right? Oh, I like River. One of the first ones I played it helped me click into the game. And then from there on, like you're good to go. But I don't know how often I hear someone say like one of the way later spirits is one of their favorite spirits. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I want to talk about how it, how like the ideal or, or the type of Spirit Island game that I feel like the game is set up for, mm -hmm. um, how often that plays out and what that feels like. Because yeah. I, I, it seems like the designers cast a spell on Spirit <laughs> Island to make it be that it's where it wants to be, where it's trying to get you each time is to feel like you're losing until you suddenly win. Mm -hmm. it, it's your, you're on the verge of a failure and then you suddenly succeed yeah that was the outcome that i experienced the most often right especially once i was like up to speed on the game mm -hmm. and that's why i would that's and once i found that outcome that's when the difficulty curve thing became an issue because i was like well we got to turn it up because right. i want to almost lose right and then win but then i started realizing that sometimes that almost lose feeling and then suddenly winning thing was also a little bit yeah. unsatisfying because the sudden win didn't always feel like it It didn't always feel natural. Yeah. It would feel a little bit like we're on the ropes here. We're on the ropes here. And then it's like, no, nah, actually we're not. Yeah. And it's done. And, right. and, and I feel like that is a problem. And this is something I feel like I hit on games a lot. Um, this is not a criticism just of Spirit Island. I think this is just like a tough thing for games to do, which yeah. is to effectively communicate exactly where we are at <laughs> yeah. in this yeah. game you've remarked it's that hard. as like your major bouncing point from root these days like you have, have a difficulty have going difficulty back to root because root. because your score and your board presence are like in no way a reflection of your position in winning and that is such a like at high level root is a very stupid looking game it's very weird looking <laughs> it's a communication problem yeah. right so in root you have a track going along uh, the bottom of the board, 30 points. Yep. That right there on its own is actually quite good. Yep. That's awesome. If it because works the now, way it says it's if, going If to. it works the way that it suggests that it does, uh, 30 points, super good, because yep. then I can see how far you are from 30. Yep. The problem that I have with Root in this way is that the the, asymmet the asymmetry of it is so... Uh, so well executed that yeah. I'm kind of like, why is there why are we uh, why is there thirty victory points? Yeah, because it'll be like the classic example, even from base game, would be like Woodland Alliance, right? So you start playing Woodland Alliance and you realize that like they actually explode from about fifteen points yeah. to thirty. Right. Well, that's a huge problem because right. now all of a sudden we're looking at this scoreboard with like a completely different logic yeah. depending on whose color it is that right. is on the space. Yeah. So it's not really 30 points, is it? It yeah. is like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's that, but with this exponential aspect 
that I just think makes it too hard to read. Now, is this always going to be an issue? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's true in Twilight and we, Imperium, right? Twilight Imperium, oh, absolutely. a player can be at nine and a player can be at four and we can go, that player Twilight four Imperium. has the best chance to win. <laughs> Twilight Imperium might be even worse yeah. as yeah. far as this problem is yeah. concerned. Um, like it, it, we've had to go, there's so many things that we've had to do in order to explain Twilight Imperium, like adding on the idea of tempo yep. and speaker position in order to evaluate just where someone is yeah, in the game. Right. I think because Spirit Island is cooperative, though, it hits me a little harder mm -hmm. because I'm like, ah, but, I, but we're there is no so there's, because there's no opponent besides the board, it can sometimes feel a little bit like ah, well, I guess we were gonna win. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't think that, and then it, all of a sudden, I found out that we were. Yeah, and yeah, very often, sometimes it feels like you all solved the puzzle by the hair of your chinny chin chin right right and that's good and but then sometimes it feels like the randomness of the game delivered you a victory and or, that doesn't feel as satisfying I, I i got another way to put it because this is this is a suspicion i've got a few times playing spirit island or we did actually solve the puzzle but i don't know when we did oh yeah sure and so you i don't get to have like that eureka moment ago, right yeah we actually had this we kind of already had this and i just didn't see that mm -hmm. and so then and and so and, and i like framing this point this way because it, it it makes it so it's not just oh we understand it. this board game was not yeah. communicating effectively no. it's also that we even though we spent six months with this game I feel like we didn't get to that level of expertise to actually be able to understand when that was happening. Yeah. So I, I, I do know that there are people in the Spirit Island community listen to this, listening to this episode right now that you might disagree with that point. And it could be that you are just yeah. deeper in the matrix right. of this game. Yeah, you've unlocked um, and, that in it and we maybe didn't quite unlock it for ourselves. Yeah, and and I, I kind of feel like that's that's where we got. But I don't, I mean, we spent... I don't know. I play. I I don't know how much Spirit Island I played in the last six months, but it was a lot. Yeah. I I I feel like I played quite a bit of it, and I I still feel like I didn't know mm -hmm. always when you know we were winning and when we were losing, and a lot of times it would feel like we were losing and then we were winning. Yeah. You know. Right. Right. Um. The, that feeling of it feels like we're losing, and then the win is so obvious and so like overwhelming like it's it is it is different than like oh my gosh one one different draw and it would have been whatever it's like mm -hmm. no, no 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 we revealed this card and it's like oh wait yeah we didn't have like a blight issue at all or like whatever it is there's always yeah. like one component at, at, which is like a factor in whether or not you win or lose that you forget to be looking at or whatever i know i had one right. game where it felt like we were doing really bad and then i didn't realize how deep in the fear deck we were and it was like oh actually if we proc like 30 fear in the next couple turns We'll just the game will just be over. We're just actually, gonna win. We'll just yeah. burn through the fear deck, and it was like, oh, that's pretty easy to do if we decide to focus on it. Okay, I guess we just do that real quick, and and like, it was a weird way to to close it out. Yeah, here's a theory about why we think this though, because I actually feel like maybe, because I I, I kind of think that was kind of what was happening with me a lot too. Would be like, oh man, this board's looking real mm -hmm. not good for us, but then enough the fear deck is going well yeah, and then right. eventually we would either get to the bottom of the fear deck or all we would have to do is kill two cities right. suddenly yeah, yeah, like yeah. that swing from terror level two to terror level Huge. three that's gigantic yeah i mean and once it becomes a puzzle is to solve is just kill the cities left yeah you can figure that yeah. out and you go from being like we'll never win to yeah. like oh well, actually we just we're over here and over here and then we're done oh yeah. okay <laughs> it makes me understand and maybe this is why 
for me, the pacing of the game is perhaps what feels off a tiny bit because the solution for that, I feel like for a lot of the high level uh, uh, adversaries is to make the beginning of the game even more overwhelming and difficult as opposed to it being some Oof. sort of ramping yeah, I don't up know. thing. So many adversaries, they just come out the gate slapping you across the face because the game knows at some point the mid game you'll probably find stability if you can get through the early game or whatever and so they just make that early game as difficult as possible and i think for me and where i was at in my knowledge level of the game that was just something that felt bad because it's like if it just comes out punching me that hard right out the gate i don't even get my legs under me to figure out what's going on <laughs> right yeah and i think it's i think it's kind of a thing of like how often in a game are you flipping over a card and reading what happened to us yeah and maybe spirit island has a little bit too much of that right. um for my personal taste yeah. i mean i don't like the agenda phase and that you, right. you even get to vote on that yeah. so <laughs> you, I, you know choice. what i mean <laughs> you even get a say yeah. and um yeah i don't, well, I don't really especially respond to that too well i mean we hate duds in the agenda phase and a lot of cards a lot of random draws in spirit island are also like you got a card, you got an event card, and it has like four sections on it, right? Here's yeah. here's some stuff that the bad guys do. Here's some stuff that like the world does, and here's some stuff mm -hmm. that the Dahan does. Two of them do not affect the board at right. all. You need mm -hmm. to read this text so that you can determine nothing happens, right? Yeah, that is the feeling of let's all go against no effect, right? We spent five right. minutes dealing with this thing to have absolutely nothing happen on the board. That's that doesn't that that's a thing that doesn't feel as fun. Spirit Island yeah. is sort of required because there's so many crazy things going on all the time that like in theory it feels better to have like okay, well that one didn't unfold into a major problem, but it's still a component saying do nothing and that's a bit meh. Yeah, and sometimes it, it goes both ways too. Sometimes it's like wow, that would have been bad, except for it's not going to do anything. Yeah. And then sometimes it's like, wow, that would have helped us, but it's not going to do anything. Yeah, right. And neither of those feel good. And the fact that they can both come up <laughs> with some frequency <laughs> in a game, yeah. that's, that, that is a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's kind of a thing that would happen. And I would be like, oh, I don't know. I yeah. don't know how much I like this. Right. My final kind of hang up with the game, and it's very specifically in our context of like being the people learning it right now and trying to kind of like convey how we were learning it. I felt really overwhelmed very often with like introducing a lot of new stuff. I think this game is jam packed with text and oh, yeah. symbols. Symbology's out the wazoo. You got Dahan symbols, you got element symbols, you have like power symbol. You have all this stuff mm -hmm. that looks a million different ways. And I always get overwhelmed with games like that. And then the rule book, I feel like never helps you out in any way whatsoever yeah. i really i think the game is brilliant i do not like the rule book even a little bit uh every time it felt like a betrayal uh there were there's constant conversations going on there is a lot of confusion that is natural with spirit island we both experienced it when we were like okay mm -hmm. we're gonna get into this what are we supposed to get? And we answered this like in our first episode and I, and I like the answers we came to and to reiterate it, you should get the Spirit Island base game and you should get Branch and Claw expansion right out. Just right. get those two things and go. Start with those. That You can start with that as the game. You could just start with the base game if you want, but like you can pretty quickly add in the Branch and Claw stuff. It was basically intended to be part of the base game and was pushed. But right. like everything after that is something that you as a player, you can learn probably relatively quickly especially if you're just playing with somebody more experienced who's probably teaching it to you 
But what I felt is the act of like learning some rules and then later having to add new rules on top of that, it felt super overwhelming in the way that like game development feels like well you're unwriting right. stuff you're 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 moving goalposts around mm-hmm. you're changing things about my understanding of the game in ways that aren't just like ooh, this is like a new twist it's like no no no, you fundamentally unwritten parts of the yeah. thing and because the rulebook has no rules reference the worst thing was sometimes it being really hard to know where the ruling i needed to look up even was is this a rule that's listed in the base game rule book is this a rule that's in my branch and claw book is this in the jagged earth book i don't know we got to sit here and sift through all of them and so i don't know maybe this is a thing that like has a solution on the way i have not looked at nature incarnate the brand new expansion very Mm -hmm. much yet but like this game desperately needs a rules reference that is like the new bible of the game that just has everything in alphabetical order and tells you how it works rather than me having to refer to learn to play manuals that are always organized with just the act of learn to play in mind and not quickly looking up things because i think there's too many odd ends of components that require i mean the the simplest example is branch and claw introduces these tokens that you just put in spaces and one of them stops explores and one of them stops builds and one of them hinders rampages uh right I could never remember which one was which. And I it was like oh. sometimes even because um, I don't play with those. I wasn't initially playing with those mechanics as often. And it was hard to just like swing into that. But that was like true going into Jagged Earth. Then they introduced Badlands tokens. And like with each new thing added, it's like this has one little rule. And I don't remember where to find exactly what that thing does. And I just felt right. like that came up all the time. Yeah, it needs, like, a law of Spirit Island type. Th- yeah. The other thing, too, is, like, th- this is, like, very nitpicky, but I think in a rule book, I prefer the graphic design to take a little bit of a backseat. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if a rule book is, like, just kind of a textbook bulleted list type yeah, thing right. with highlighted keywords yeah. that I need to use um, and, and a glossary at the end. Um, I, I'm absolutely cool. not to say that Spirit Island doesn't have a glossary. It right. absolutely does sure. have a glossary. It's just also, you know, it's there's a lot of like we've got boxes, we've got different mm-hmm. colored boxes, we've got visual aids, which are not the visual aids are not bad. I'm not saying that that they that they suck, but it's more like I kind of just need the information yeah. organized very uh, simply on the page. And I kind of just be able to see a lot of it at once, and I yeah. think that the Spirit Island, um, the Spirit Island rulebook is is trying to be visually um, interesting, like not bad to look at. Yeah. But I am a number pervert, and I don't care. Just give me big lists of <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. Give me the Law of Root. Give me the Twilight Imperium rules reference. Right. I don't care. Yeah. Just make it so that I so that as I'm playing, I have a really easy time yep. uh, looking stuff up. Right basically and that's that's a priority for me i technically only learn the game once but i very often have to remind myself of rules so i need the document that reminds me of rules to be very fast to use basically and and it felt like it never was it felt like every time i was hung up on something it took us an inordinate amount of time to like track down the answer or whatever yeah the rule book is a little a little too um, busy, but I think talking about—I mean, I just think rule books in general yeah. are like that's this is a just tough like, thing in general. This is a tough one, yeah. And I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm not trying to really go hard on this point. No. Um, 
just because we, I, or I, I have my preference that I think is maybe not sure. everyone's preference. Well, and it's um, also like some of it is the nature of the beast, right? So it is, it is absolutely a matter of like personal preference because the thing people like about Spirit Island is that complexity just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Mm -hmm. And there's a million little things to think about, which I think is the beauty of the game, right? The beauty of the game is it's not easy to just solve these puzzles because there's so yeah. many little variables that can get in the way the the thing that i think we clicked with the earliest was the notion that i'm playing my spirit and that's enough to deal with i can't quarterback right. you you think i've got the mental capacity to think about two spirits at once no two way spirits at once? what are you talking about <laughs> you must be crazy doing that on the app like me playing i i tried one time to play three-handed and i immediately quit because it was like on the first action i was like this is going to take me 30 minutes to decide like what the correct sequence of things to do is mm -hmm. I, i'm done I'm, I'm out uh it is so much more comfortable of a game when you're just sort of like choosing to play some abilities you bring everything to the table you start the the like spirit phase and you look at each other and like what did everybody actually end up deciding to play oh okay let's work with that like it's it is a less efficient way to play the the true experts of the game will work up like the perfect synergy of things before they've even played the cards but honestly it is more fun to me to like what did everybody bring to the party oh two of us brought salsa okay looks like it's a salsa party now let's figure out how to right. handle that like that's the right. vibe of the party now it's not as efficient but boy we can make fun with it i i don't know i i just think the the whole ecosystem of the game is a, maybe the the mess is kind of the point at times and so i understand why things are the way they are it is the appeal of it it was just at times, and especially in the context of this show, being like, "Who? What are we doing? Are we trying to teach people?" Like that's where it uh, was tricky, basically. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, we want to read this. We got some interesting errata here that yeah. I think uh, I think will kind of lead us into the future. I think so. Yeah, that's that's the setup for this. Is like, let's talk about what we're doing now. Like, I, I feel like we've sounded really negative today, and I don't want people to get the impression that like we are sour on this game i'm going to continue playing spirit island i like it with my friends i'm going to play spirit island more uh generally speaking uh but the question maybe is are we wait, wait i want to weigh in on that real quick before okay. we go forward um i got six months out of it i'm good <laughs> I, and, and and the thing is though no but six months yeah that's a lot of play yeah that's a long and, time and play, i man. did not decide i hated it right i just was like i think i saw things in it that didn't quite resonate with me yeah and i think i probably won't play it much yeah. uh going forward it right. probably will come up every once in a while somebody else is going to want to play it yeah. uh sean or shelton might decide like ah oh, you know what i, I want to play some spirit island and then that'll come up with but i th i think that six months was um by the way that's a success yeah you know what i right. mean like from a from the perspective of someone making spirit island yeah uh played your game for six months right i got my money's played worth it 30 I was to 40 happy. times for six yeah, months like, many many hours it, yeah i played it a lot <laughs> so me saying oh i don't really know if i'm going to be playing it much going forward uh isn't really me saying it sucks yeah. it's really me saying that i've 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 had it i've yeah. had my i've had my fill of it someday i might sit down and be like let's throw in all of the new which who knows how many expansions there will be by the time i want to sit down with it again <laughs> right but let's throw those in there let's relearn this game sure um and i think that day will be uh very very fun yeah i, um, I think my I, context... I wouldn't consider myself having bounced off of it i would right. just consider myself of having spent the time with right. it and i feel good about that i think if anything that's a better way to put more what i was saying is like i will keep playing this game with my group that that likes it and wants to play it uh whereas like the the, the stark difference is 
haven't played Dune since the last time we talked about Dune and right. won't be playing Dune any time. I won't be playing that. <laughs> That's the right. difference between how we left Dune and how we are leaving Spirit Island uh, as, as content or whatever is like, I don't right now have a drive to make more Spirit Island stuff probably. Uh, but I, I still like the game and I'm happy when it comes to the table. Whereas my whole group, if I were to utter the word Dune, they'd be like, oh, absolutely not. No, pick something different. See, and that's that's a difference for me too as well. Um, I would play Dune again. Yeah. Um, in the, in, I feel very similar to Dune. Dune and Spirit Island are probably pretty close for me. I think I pr definitely prefer Spirit Island. Um, but there are just things that if they come up and if, if the group is hot on it, I would play it. There are things I like about Dune. I don't like the whole package, but there are things yeah. that I'm like, ooh, it'll be fun. Maybe I'll get to play Atreides this right. time or something like that. You know, I'm like excited about that yeah. uh, potential. But it will be always about experiencing novelty within the game yeah. and never again will it be about um mastery or yes. figuring it out right basically um so to that end let's talk about the, the thing we were going to read which is sergeant derp had some fun things in our last spirit island this kind of is errata but also pre-errata for this episode which is just that i don't know what the future plans are but i'd love to see y'all tackle the horizons spirits that's horizons of spirit island is the like target exclusive for now thing where it's all of base game spirit island but with five new spirits introduced and that's the only original content in it is like five spirits with their power cards it's very confusing uh hold out on getting it has been my long advice and wait until they release just the spirits by themselves in like a special little outside pack anyways uh they're a culmination of design lessons learned in general, but especially when it comes to low complexity spirits, something Hunter and I have kind of harped on a number of times. There's this complexity rating that has never made any sense to us uh, with these spirits. They feel right. so much more put together and better to play. That's true of most of the other spirits in general, but with Horizons, it shines particularly bright in part because it's the only other time we've gotten low complexity spirits. I wanted to bring this point up because if I did like kind of re-attack more of this, I do think I would want to stick to this like base level. I would want to do like horizons and branch and claw stuff. And I'm like, I am still personally afraid of jagged earth and feather and flame and nature and like all this new stuff. When I look at what's in those books, it still overwhelms me to think about how many new mechanics it's going to ask me to introduce into the game. See, and I think that's where we differ here. Yeah is that I, I have no interest in going backwards with Spirit Island. Yeah. Um, I think that in, in playing the game over and over, that it's, the reward is in the, the, uh, the complexity and in the yeah. novelty um, and in learning your spirit but not mastering your yeah. spirit Climb the and just kind of seeing what the game delivers you. And that, that, that is where it is most um, interesting. Yeah. And I feel like to go backwards to Horizons at this point um, would be to, like, I think it would have been a cool place for us to start, right. actually, right. Um, as opposed to where we did start. Mm -hmm. But I, at this point, the cat's out of the bag. Right. And so I, I don't want to go, I would never go backwards. Mm -hmm. I would only go forwards mm -hmm. into more complexity and more right. more shakeups and yeah. more things and, and just not being afraid right. to to fail basically but as as content as we've covered the difficulty of that is at this point i think if we wanted to do the upwards momentum thing it would be like well let's 
play Spirit Island for six more months without doing a single episode about it <laughs> so that I can get the stuff in my brain so that then I'm really ready to do cool, interesting episodes about all of the stuff I learned about the higher complexity whoosie what's-its. Uh, so I think that's my kind of my hang-up with the idea of doing more Spirit Island episodes. Is it's, it's, it is sort of at odds with itself of how I would go about doing more episodes, essentially. So right. yeah, with with that, I do think this was the end of our covering Spirit Island in depth journey. Um, I I like that it exists kind of in our ecosystem of ideas. Uh, like when we you know sometimes when we talk about TI, like a root faction will get brought up as a comparison point, as a way to refer to things. And I like having Spirit Island in my lexicon, basically, and yeah. in the show's lexicon. Uh, so. I, I, you know, in no way do I regret doing these episodes, but yeah, I don't necessarily see a reason to return to it. I agree. Um, and I hope, you know, I hope that's not too disappointing, um, to the spirit Island heads out there. Um, like I said, kindred spirits. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, just check those things out. There's, there, there are content creators out there that are made, that are servicing, uh, spirit Island. The only thing that's a little disappointing to me is the, the idea, the project of perhaps, um, somehow forcing a, tw a spirit island tournament uh -huh. situation yeah. did seem attractive to funny. me it was really funny it just <laughs> but it also like would require i think a level of commitment that mm -hmm. i i can't i can't fake basically yeah. um it would have been really dumb though right. well, oh it's also, you better for, believe it would have been, been the dumbest so dumb, thing ever and the, i mean honestly it keeps coming back to this idea of like what do we even have the capacity for and until we figure out how to trim the fat of the TI tournament, which we're not doing, we are only fattening it up <laughs> at this <Yeah>. point. <laughs> it means there's just so little. Like, I really wanted to do a, another root. I wanted to do a three-player root hireling tournament. And the question that keeps coming up is, when? When could that possibly happen? <laughs> and there's never right. been an answer for that. So right. there's, there's just so little room uh, for that other stuff. I will say... To look ahead at other things, if, if we're talking about Hunter and I's excitement level for other games, uh, you better believe all I've been thinking about since Gen Con is Leader Games' arcs. And that is like the thing I'm putting a lot of mental energy into at the moment. Right. It is, right. uh, I have a document in my Google Drive that is just all of my notes about the various, I'll call them factions for now. They're actually called fates and it's very like a complex system. But I'm yeah. just trying, especially because we are in that world with this game where nobody knows what it looks like. We all have to together figure out what it means to get really good at that game and no one is ahead of anyone else and that is right. like so exciting to me of like let's all start comparing our notes together and come up with the picture of the thing and uh yeah i'm i'm like super jazzed about uh digging into arcs yeah i think i think arcs um is very much i think it's the first thing that um that leader games and and cole worley has made that feels so much in our wheelhouse mm -hmm specifically that it's going to be very easy uh, for us to figure out how to cover it yeah. you know what i mean like <laughs> right and 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 none of the other leader like this is no shade at oath or or yeah. root or anything like that those were not as obviously in our especially oath yeah um we we were very both very excited about oath and then oath came out and uh, so was guess what the whole world yeah um <laughs> the whole well uh, let me chill out as far as board games are sure. concerned yeah. it was very it's very exciting and, and, a, and a great game that i think a lot of people loved 
Um, never became clear how we were supposed to talk about that game on the sh- <laughs> right. on the show. The yeah. way we do our thing, it yeah. was never really. And then you know, I think also like me and you and EJ and Son yeah. um, are turds. Um, we're like turdy <laughs> little like loser weirdos, and uh, we kind of eat garbage for breakfast. <laughs> and so Oath kind of brought out the turdiness <laughs> the of worst, us, the, the worst of worst. us. Yeah, it gave us the tools to um, ruin our own game. Yes. Not not necessarily enjoyment wise because I I think I received a lot of enjoyment um, out of both, uh, but I think more like just kind of like it it perhaps gave us the keys that in uh, smarter hands we would have uh, used to drive it directly into the sun and instead we drove it we ramped into a dirt pit mm-hmm. basically yeah. you and ramped, we did sick you jumps. ramped it into my chances of ever winning <laughs> and you crashed it yeah there. i think oath was the first game we've played as a group that you would have never be able to win yeah. at. Yes. that it would have been impossible, <laughs> impossible for you to ever win that game <laughs> because even you know even if you turned one of them against me all it would take is us us a silly little smile yeah. <laughs> and some sort of horrible promise to yeah. undo whatever legacy you're just not dirty enough for yeah, oath is exactly. what it is you yeah. you all are in each other's dirty wheelhouses and i'm over here trying to play the game we would have gladly would just taken turns winning for the rest of our lives that was the thing it's me and ej would have uh, gladly yeah. yes just traded you win this game i win the next one and you win this one and i win the next (laughs) one no end end in sight yeah yeah and it was all just it was all so much about how do we want to influence this world and less about like well who cares who wins i mean that part's dumb you know what i mean like but but it should be me but it's dumb (laughs) and it doesn't matter who wins Uh and you know except for me but uh and then I don't know that that game that game was wild uh, and I loved it so much. But yeah, it never really made sense for us to cover. Arcs makes uh, so much sense, um, and I just want to say for the record too, Arcs has been through a lot mm-hmm. development wise, and I do think there were a lot of people that checked Arcs out like a year ago, right? And they maybe made they had some ideas of what it was. I liked the fundamental ideas of Arcs even a year ago, exactly. Um, but let me tell you something. It is a very different beast now. It has kept the the trick-taking elements of it, but has added on to it so many things. a lot of Twilight Imperium <laughs> sounding stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That maybe your little Twilight Imperium brain might be excited about. And I didn't mean to call your brain little. I know it's big. But <laughs> I, know I, how, I, I know how big your brain is. I know about it. You are my friends, and I care for your um, your brains. But yeah, I, uh, well, yeah, I just want to encourage you to maybe take a second look at this game mm-hmm. that has uh, been in development for like three years yeah, now. Yeah. Um, that it may, might have changed in some ways since you last saw it. Uh, that's uh, that's the case. A lot. Yeah, and I mean, I would also say this though: we've got one playthrough up on YouTube. We have another one that we started that we were maybe going to put up on YouTube, but honestly, at this point, I don't I don't know that it's worth it. I think now the approach we're going to be taking with ARCs for a little, little while is the notion that the game is still under, like, active development. They're, like, very close to completion, but mm-hmm. that last 10% is still a lot of, like, well, this rule is going to completely invert, actually, and we're going to change this thing. Uh, yeah. it, it's an easy change, but strategically, it changes a lot, right? So the the act of learning and getting good at ARCs is, like, very chaotic right now. So I would I would 
encourage anyone hanging out to just sort of like stay on ice a little bit for now while the game right. the game's not out yet okay we'll have the game later <laughs> so yeah. but like our excitement level is there and we're like learning up on it and trying to get ahead of the curve a little bit that so that hopefully when the game comes out like our brain is at least somewhat wrapped around it rather than like the game releases and we're like okay let's play it for the first time and feeling like we have months of work to do or whatever um I think we're just trying to get ahead of that work a little bit and I'm I'm just excited because yeah it it is it is so many flavors of TI while also being a very unique thing that I I think I think it gives a lot of opportunity. Who knows? We might in 2 years look back on all this and be like, yeah, Arcs was different, you know, and it, it could be it could go the way of Oath or something like that. I don't know. It's got bold ideas in it and you have to see where those bold ideas pan out basically, but I'm I'm very intrigued at this point. Uh is, yeah. is the easy way to put it. Yeah. Also, it's like, I think I think that there were periods where ARCs was coming off to people as not having enough, um, I don't know, like, specific flavor. Uh-huh. Like, that it felt a little like, like just mechanical ideas yeah. with not enough uh, pizzazz yeah, on yeah. top of it. And I feel like a lot of that pizzazz is, is really there. Uh, the the fates have been developed now, the fates of the factions. And mm-hmm. you essentially build a faction over time you design your own little special faction you're playing some, a legacy game yeah. of building a twilight imperium faction right. sometimes it's like i'm gonna build my mentac but sometimes it's like i was building a mentac and then half of that mentac faction died and then became a, a sort of vool wraith cabal but it has the vestiges of the mentac still in it so it's this new completely different faction altogether i don't know it's it's a very complex thing that that that's what we'll be diving into but right you know what I think we should talk about Twilight Imperium. I think yeah, we should yeah, take yeah. We a should quick do little, little break, bit. and then yep. we're going to do a homebrew review. Hello, and welcome to this extended edition of the Homebrew Review. This is the Space Cats show where we take a look at your homebrew and we judge it mercilessly. And today yeah. we have a very particular task at hand because for the last month I uh, have been issuing the challenge to the Homebrewers Guild to uh, make us some Omega for the Yin Brotherhood's impulse core tech this is mm-hmm. the yellow tech it's essentially the only component of yins that has gone unchanged and guess what we still think that the faction isn't good enough and needs changes and so one avenue for that is essentially to improve impulse core a tech no one ever researches yeah and so the question is how to make it good maybe we should start with just covering i got it yeah i got but it tell ready. me what impulse core actually is because i've never used it ever <laughs> So Yin starts with Sarween tools, so they start with one yellow tech. This is a two yellow tech, so they got to get another yellow tech mm-hmm. in order to even research impulse core, um, or, or they need to skip, obviously. Um, but the text reads as such. At the start of a space combat, you may destroy one of your cruisers or destroyers in the active system to produce one hit against your opponent's ships. That hit must be assigned by your opponent to one of their non-fighter ships if able so it allows you to destroy one of your cruisers or destroyers you generate a hit at the beginning instead of at the end the way their faction ability devotion works right 
But so, the idea with devotion cool. is you get to choose the target. You can inflict massive uh, uh, maximum oh, sure. damage. Yes. This one is they get to pick. And so maybe you kill a destroyer or a cruiser, right? Thus getting roughly equivalent value. Or you might like damage their dreadnought and they don't even care. They're kind of unaffected by it or whatever. Also, yeah. it's too deep in yellow. It's, it, it's just like way in there for, for stuff you're just not going to get. Anything and it's kind of worse than devotion. Yeah, like yeah. devotion's problem is not that you have to do it at the end. I mean, yeah. devote the fact that you get to choose the target is the cool part of right. devotion. Right. So they take that away with impulse score. Yeah. So what yeah. is even the point? <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. And so the question has been put out to uh to make a change. And I have I have a bunch here for us, Hunter. So we're gonna just start burning through them, and maybe we'll just sort of catalog and keep track of our favorites we'll, we'll, we'll give them a little ranking or something i don't even know the fastest way to go through this but we're gonna just sort of talk through a bunch of impulse cores to get ideas of what could what could change with this faction let's do it uh, let's start with william willard who gave us a couple the first uh and and their consistent idea here is the idea of changing impulse score to a red tech we don't start with any red interesting but they want it to be a one red prerequisite red tech so getting something like AI dev and then getting into this is, you know, in the realm of possibility. It puts us in range of Destroyer 2. Like this, this is a build sure. up to Destroyer 2 or something. You that's know, what they want us to get. Blue huh? tech is good, but this is not yellow. And maybe that's good. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But uh, mm. the first text reads After one of your non fighter ships is destroyed during combat, produce one hit. So to be clear here, this is my stuff dies, I deal a bunch of hits. Also, when I use Devotion, I am opting to destroy one of my ships. This actually doubles the damage of Devotion. So it's doing exactly kind of what we were just saying. It's it's not moving the timing to like before combat. It's just doubling up on Devotion, essentially. Would it work like that? Or is, is the stuff destroyed by Devotion destroyed during combat? Or is it after combat? It is, because it is think... at the end of a combat round, which is still uh, during combat. Hmm. End of a combat. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I. I don't like that thematically. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm going to reject that thematically. I don't like the idea of devotion doing two hits because it doesn't make sense as far as what's happening in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's funny because uh, uh, they they have essentially they gave their own addendum to it. Uh, which is only worse. I think maybe they thought this was too good, but guess what? They made the... This is what happens. This is what Dane always does. Dane takes a thing and goes, oh, that looks too good. We better nerf it. And then it becomes unusable. And this is how I feel about William Willard's second attack uh, attempt on their impulse core. Same red tech prerequisite. After one of your ships is destroyed during a combat, roll one die. If the result is equal to or greater than that ship's combat value, produce one hit. So instead of it just automatically doing a hit, it might do a hit. And it sounds like you disagree with the concept on the face of it essentially yeah yeah i don't know i think i it's it's like are, are we just saying that impulse core is just like a ramming speed right. thing <laughs> where the ships are just like as they're being destroyed right. they they ram into the they kamikaze into the other ships i think that this here's here's something i'm gonna say and maybe maybe no one went this way i haven't looked at these yet yeah, so yeah. i'm responding very blindly mm -hmm. My thing, if I were Dane or Milty, would be to 
just make impulse core about something else entirely. Yeah, right. I would I would I would try and give the yin a new element to mm -hmm. their whole design instead of merely staying on the whole vibe that yeah. we already got. Uh, yeah, we uh, you know what we got some folks that have heard your call hunter before they went through time They heard you say that they went backwards in time and they wrote one uh, I'll in fact, I'll skip around here and remind me to come back to Petra Medusa's uh, Okay, uh, yeah, yeah a couple of options here, but Wecker gives us impulse core W. We're just using letters to like whatever this is when impulse core sure, Wecker's sure. version when you gain control, this is still too yellow, so this occupies the same slot as Impulse Core. Okay. When you gain control of a planet, you may use the production ability of any player's space stocks in that system or an adjacent system as if it were one <laughs> of your space stocks on that planet. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot of words. Yeah, that's not going to come up enough, you know? <laughs> Is that going to come up enough? I feel you can like build uh, also, out of nearby space dogs. Also, Wecker, what are you doing? Why are you why are you you're trying to give Yin some sort of L1Z1X ability but like riding your way around this it? Is, so no, is this to, is this is a one step cheaper slightly better integrated economy with some limitations to it, I think. Sure. With the, and the limitations are pretty big. <laughs> You know, that's actually the worst thing about this idea is that if you have impulse core, you probably have enough to just get integrated. Uh -huh. And if you got integrated, you just don't do even that. need impulse core right. anymore. Right. Now impulse core is useless. <laughs> uh, well, here's the second attempt. Uh, same, same tech requirements. After you win a space combat, you may perform an additional move ships step oh. as if it were your turn. I... Oh, uh, the wordings, we're gonna have to work on the wording a little bit, but I like it. I actually <laughs> really like this one. And and the reason is because that sounds like an impulse core. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. I don't I even know impulse. what an impulse core means. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's it does seem like putting some movement stuff mm -hmm. on In text that are not blue yeah. is a cool idea. Right. And this is almost like, I, I feel like the goal here is some sort of uh, uh, transit diodes, but for ships. Yeah. Not against it. I'm not really sure. Like, I like the philosophy of it. I'm not really sure I understand even what that means. I but my, my take step. My take on it would be you still have your active system, and during a move ship step, you must move into the active system. So this is to say, I'm Yin. Maybe I went into this combat. Maybe I lost a couple ships. Maybe I killed a couple of my own destroyers to really maximize and shorten oh. the thing. I have gone down. Now, now my defending fleet there is kind of lacking because i sort of it cost me too much to like finish the fight in space but actually uh -huh. i've got all these destroyers out back i can bring them forward now here at the end and refill my fleet supply so that i have a good defensive force sitting there hmm how often is that situation yeah. going to come up i don't know two yellow for that that seems tough That's pretty tough what i would Maybe rather this yellow. be is the feeling of skilled retreat when you get really cheeky with it right that kind of move oh we did this and then bloop i'm gonna i'm actually gonna get adjacent to your home system or whatever if this was a move out of the active system into somewhere yeah. else, that's pretty <gasps> juicy and cool but i don't what think if, that's how this is technically working what if impulse core was <laughs> If you win, okay, after you win a space combat, mm -hmm. you may move as if it's a retreat. So you can retreat out of a win. Out of a win. <laughs> now, I how don't useful know if that's useful mm, or not. It's pretty goofy. I don't know if that's useful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, let's do another one. Well, it could be useful, though. No, no, there's be. a lot of situations where that could be useful because it could be that you're just trying to get your ships into weird Over. places. Yeah. 
And then this is all about positioning. It's like a it's like a slow like, light wave, right? It's like a, I need to yeah. be in that empty space over there, so I attacked this fleet here oh, that was God. in my way, and then I got over there. Uh, yeah, but you kind of just actually slow take all the gas sort out of, of it, it. <laughs> by saying slow light wave. Yeah. Kind of seems like you should just get light wave, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's Wecker's last attempt: Impulse Core Hotel and Casino. After you commit oh, I ground love you, for. <laughs> After you commit ground forces to a planet you do not control, you may place an infantry from the owner's reinforcements onto that planet. If you do, if you gain that planet this turn, gain it readied, and gain one command token. If you do not gain that planet this turn, exhaust this card. So mm. add someone to their forces that you have to defeat, and if you uh -huh. do defeat it, you get a token and a readied planet out of it. Now, especially if you are committing ground forces to a planet with no infantry and you can do your, uh, whatever it's called, uh, indoctrination, that's just your yeah. ground force that you spent two influence on and then you gained a readied planet and a command token. That's good value, right? I spent two influence and I gained whatever the planet was worth and three influence effectively. Yeah. Kind of just like a duck of many things, yeah, exactly. though, you know? Like, it's a, it's kind of like several things that don't feel that related yeah. to each it, other. It is. Gain I'll it ready, this. sure. Gain a command token, why? Yeah, sure. It feels, I'll say this much, I like it in terms of being a yellow tech that feels economic, which yellow techs are kind of supposed to be. They're general techs, I guess, really. But right. uh, it, it feels like it's kind of a workhorse tech. Being too yellow, I kind of question. Now, yeah. what's nice is... This the timings of this all maybe are a bit fuzzy, but in theory this is on the way to integrated, and this is Wecker trying to say now I'm making Wecker, I'm making integrated better. I'm giving you a ready planet to immediately spend on itself uh, by mm -hmm. using integrated economy or whatever. I still don't know if Yin is like an integrated economy faction or not, but maybe this slightly pushes them in that direction. It is that's a lot of command counter gain that is technically possible. I mean that that's a that's a healthy command counter economy if you kind of rush for this tech, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's not movement, and movement's good. <laughs> I kind of like. I I just I'm stuck now on the idea of it being like transit diodes mm -hmm. for ships. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's like kind of something that seems like an attractive well, idea to me. I, I I don't know what all of this one says, but let me give you Kazmat's take because it feels like we're gonna go in that direction here. Impulse core Y. After the movement step of your tactical actions, you may choose to treat all of your units in the space areas of adjacent systems as if they were in the active system this turn. These units do not count against your fleet pool in the active system. So this is a way of essentially saying my, de my adjacent destroyers can devotion for hits, I think, is, is like the main purpose of this. I, oh, that just gave me an idea that I like even better, though. Okay. What about, <laughs> sorry, this is all, <laughs> this is such a weird segment. Home, I'm homebrew just, is, this is how homebrew works. Is, and if you look yeah. at the homebrew channel, it's always this one person puts one thing out and then everyone is like, oh, but what about this then? <laughs> what if it was as an action, you like exhaust a card, destroy a destroyer, and then just generate a hit just against a somebody hit somewhere. It's somewhere. a stall and a hit. Maybe maybe it has to be against a neighbor, but it's a it's a stall where you generate a hit yeah, in a yeah. system. That's really funny. how wild is that? <laughs> and maybe 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 the destroyer. Yeah, we could put limitations on it. Like the destroyer has to be in an adjacent system. Yeah, yeah. To generate a hit there. Right. I love the idea of just having an exhausted, like, yeah. I just generated a hit there. There's a hit there. Take a hit. Pop. 
over okay. there. Yeah, it's not a part yeah. of anything else. Uh, let's back up. Let's go back because I want to. I skipped Petra Medusa earlier. Petra has Impulse Core X. When one of your cruisers or destroyers is destroyed in space combat, produce one hit against your opponent's ships. This is building off of William Willard's stuff from earlier. When sure. one of your yeah. cruisers or destroyers is destroyed by another player's space cannon, produce one hit against that player's ground forces on planets in the system. That's and, and, okay, weird. So I, Petra, I like I like um, y your stuff has a thematic element yes. that I I'm visualizing things right. happen and right. I like that mm -hmm. I like that in a homebrew where I get a very concrete idea of what is happening. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the space cannon thing is good. I question the the first part because yeah. it kind of just sounds well, it's, so that it's just problem. The, the 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 just producing again it's is just not good yeah it's it, it doesn't really work i think uh and i think that their next one does the same impulse corpse as they call it after the assign hits step of your ground combats roll one die for each of your opponent's infantry that were killed during that combat round for each result of seven or greater produce one hit against your opponent's ground forces i'm just i'm no longer feeling inspired by anything that is bonus hits i think we are all of the ones that are bonus hits are getting thrown in the trash can that is that is where my yeah. head is at, at this point yeah i want to give them something i uh, something that I don't know something that opens up a little more mobility, but yeah. but, but it is fair. We we do need to stay in the theme here. Right. So we don't need to go and and if if the Yin Brotherhood are set up uh, in order to be, I don't I don't know a way to dance around know. it. I mean they're terrorists, right? So, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so there has to be this element of terror. Yeah. Um. That is that is a part of it. Um. And so and obviously I would love to just give them a movement ability. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I, I'm hoping maybe somebody's got something that, I mean, honestly, I think I kind of nailed it with the whole, like, it's an action, and then you just destroy one of your destroyers. and Because what I'm saying is you could use this to destroy, um, like, gum. It's mm -hmm. like a gum destroyer, yeah. and it's a stall. Right. I love giving somebody a stall. Right. Stalls are good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sifting through my list now, trying to look for, for anybody who's got movement even mentioned in their thing. But it does seem to be the rare direction anyone's going for. Um, there's, there's a lot here from the E or, okay, no, here's, here's one. Here's a movement. Okay. I've got you. I've got you. Only Chozo is here to back us up. Here's okay. the new, here's the new theory of Yin. And this requires much more rewriting. And this is, this is almost disqualified from the prompt, but, uh, only Chozo has decided that impulse core is not a tech. It is a unit upgrade. And, uh, Yin is actually a cruiser faction that starts with a new cruiser called spinner arcs. And spinner arcs okay. cost two combat seven, move two, capacity one. So we start okay. with capacity cruisers, okay? That's that's the idea. And then for what they've listed as green, green, yellow, and I wonder if they meant to keep it standard cruiser two or if they want it to be green, green, yellow. I would want prefer, it to be different. I prefer it be red, green, yellow, but it doesn't matter. Uh, spinner arc two costs two, combat six, move three, capacity two, so an upgrade on capacity and that typical three movement cruisers. And the ability is reduce the cost of indoctrination in this system by one. This effect cannot reduce the cost below zero. But if you bring a couple cruisers and they survive the space combat, you have free indoctrination. So three movement cruisers, potentially a reason to go for that bonus movement and a way to make your indoctrination not kind of suffer its worst problem, which is a, a relatively high cost. Two influences a lot to just like switch a, a ground force over every now and then. 
Yeah, that's interesting to make in a cruiser faction right. in when particular. Destroyer is the prevailing theory of what you're doing with devotion, at least. This is this well, is kind of this is leaning into what anyone leans into, right? Which is uh uh, our indoctrination ability is like the actual really good ability and devotion is kind of a whatever thing. And this is saying, what if I was better at those little little cruiser ambush strikes, right? If if I could just yeah. like really handle those in a, in a meaningful way, uh, how, how great would that be? I almost feel like, so is Argent's, Argent's status as having a destroyer with capacity, is it robbed too much by kind of just having yin do that as well is that <laughs> interesting is, does that take too much away from argent to be yeah. like there's going to be another faction with capacity, capacity destroyers. destroyers i don't think i feel like it wouldn't maybe it would but like because argent also has like these free floating mechs and if you upgrade those destroyers they're doing like a whole defensive thing on top of all of that so i i of course think there's there's some room to just decide to step on the same space and 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 yeah make this exact ability idea destroyers instead of cruisers essentially yeah because i because here's here's something i would go with i really like um the idea of not giving them so like let's say let's say they started with um i, I i'll i'll use this spinner arcs mm -hmm. and it's a destroyer um and it has normal destroyer one stats but it has capacity one and then when you upgrade it, it gives you this indoctrination effect, yeah. but the capacity is not upgraded. Right, it just stays. It means that now you have these like kind of really good, like they just strike in weird places. Yeah. And it, because indoctrination gets so cheap there, uh, it, it means that you come in maybe with a fleet of destroyers because the mm -hmm. devotion is now like kind of making that even better. I don't know. I think that there could be another destroyer yeah. faction and it would feel distinct. Yeah. It wouldn't feel like, oh, it's just another Argent flight because Yin would be about pumping out destroyers right. so that you have these big destroyer fleets that are killing themselves in order to cause massive damage. Right, right. Well, here, oh, they, they even have one-third evolution to this idea. They said, okay, I'll, I'll fit to your prompt. I'll keep it in Pulse Core. I'll keep it too yellow. And they say this, for each of your destroyers or cruisers in a system, one infantry, infantry alone, not, not ground force, one infantry in that system does not count against your ship's capacity. So in effect per destroyer per cruiser we're giving capacity to all destroyers and cruisers for two yellow plus mm -hmm. when using indoctrination remove uh, reduce the cost by one influence for each destroyer in the active system so that's kind of doing everything you just described yeah but keeping it two yellow as opposed to like a unit upgrade situation yeah i do kind of like that um yeah. and even though it's it's really kind of clunky just writing it on the mm -hmm. yeah and and making it not a, a unit upgrade I, I kind of like it because I also, so one thing, let's say we were going to rebuild Yin from the ground up. Right. One of my main goals for it would be like, let's make this a workable green-yellow yeah. faction. Right. Because there's no factions that are really interested in green-yellow. Yeah. There's, you know, everybody loves blue. There's a lot of factions that throw a little bit of red in to make it work. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's some factions that have a little bit of blue, a little bit of yellow. Right. And really, like, green is just kind of on an island of, like, being specifically weirdo factions that like it, but not yeah. a lot of, like, synergy there. Yeah. That's also one of the reasons that I wanted Impulse Core to be an action, because then it would go with Biostems. Yeah, right. But this ability is kind of my favorite thus far i yeah. gotta hand it to you just the idea of reducing indoctrination yeah it's cool it does seem like it would because one of the challenges of playing in right is like making sure your indoctrinations are possible but you yeah. don't get to use them that much right 
Um, and if it was sort of about like turning indoctrination into some sort of jackpot thing. However, this doesn't fix the problem of, oh, I've got only mechs, yep. so you lose. Right. Right. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, this hmm. doesn't. This definitely doesn't solve that. It also is specifically an aggressive ability because your indoctrination is only reduced for destroyers, which means if you're being attacked, your indoctrination still costs two influence no matter how you cut it. Basically, yeah. So it, it's it's interesting in that sort of did we pre-balance it way, right? Did did we make this actually not good enough to to make the cut? Uh, I've got another one that's in a similar direction. Zeron yeah. gives us impulse core omega destroyers and cruisers do not count against your fleet supply. Mm -hmm. I think we've gone a little far. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a bit bold. <laughs> it's also maybe not, it's, it's, it's good, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's this like is a, one of those things that's like, this alters the balance of the game in a way that's favorable for Yin, but it doesn't engage my imagination that much. Now I'm just picturing like, oh, we're building more destroyers and cruisers and throwing them along with other ships so the yeah. devotion can, right. can happen. But we still need to like, also, I'm not even sure we buy this, you know, to right. be honest. It's right. like, because it's not opening up a new, a new enough, I think, avenue for us. I, actually, it's pretty broken. Yeah. It, yeah, maybe it does. The maybe, problem maybe is there's it, too many cruisers and destroyers in your supply. Like, there are too many of these There's a lot of cruisers. There. They'd be like, oh, that's yeah. insane. You, you, so you, you get destroyer your two. Your fleet would be massive. You get destroyer <laughs> two, and you can just send all of your destroyers to anything, and then you have to roll 24 anti-fighter barrage shots. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. It's not that. It, it's just broken. That's all it is. It's just broken. Yeah. I like where it's heading. Mm -hmm. It's like we need to just open up. We need to. Well, here's the. Yeah. Okay. So I got another goal for rebuilding Yin Brotherhood from the ground up. Um, make them a destroyer cruiser faction. Yeah. Make it so that they can survive just on that. That yes. they that the idea that because a lot of times in Yin you end up being like, well, you go blue because you have a yellow. Now you can be like a dreadnought two right. faction. I'm like, well, now we're just completely outside Maybe of the thing. Up a whole you know, thing, yeah. Ignore devotion. Throw it in occasionally as like a little extra. Like, oh yeah, remember I can do devotion. I have a destroyer there. It's that kind of thing. But yeah, we need to make them a destroyer. We need to make them a scrappy, cheap yep. faction. That's why they start with Sarween. Right. They're supposed to have cheap little ships that yep. they then are using to destroy others because yep. of how you know, you know, straightforward they're and and, yeah. and scrappy they you are. You know, the the best thing that ever happened to Yin in my mind, and it's not. I'm not even saying this is like actually their best component, but I think the best idea that was ever contributed to Yin is their agent, essentially, especially like yeah. the Omega agent right. or whatever. Like the idea that Here's, here's Yin's critical flaw, as it is right now. Yin's joke is the yin and yang. There is a good thing and there is a bad thing. Everything, all of Yin's abilities have this, like, extra cost. And guess what? Yeah. All of the good factions in the game get stuff for free, and that's why they're good. And so Yin's things always costing means they never rise above any of that because they're just it's always true. even keel, right? So the idea, though, is, and you can take this thematically, too, through their sort of fanatical religious sacrifice, their martyrdom that their faction is based around, they gain new zealots, right? So the new fighters yeah. are fighters you have won over. And the same thing is true of indoctrination. That's like the whole idea of the faction. If we leaned more into, yes, I can opt to kill my own ships, but if I, if I use it well enough and I survive that, I should reap massive rewards on the back yeah, end of that. I, I should be getting huge boons from destroying my own stuff. So I should have these scrappy destroyer fleets where I'm okay with killing one of it because it's going to net me two more if I win the combat or whatever it is. Like right. I, I think that's the ideology that should be even more put into, into yin components is like 
the cost is worth it. You can keep the cost, but you've got to make it more than double what you get out of it, basically. Like, that's yeah. how much you have to get out of it. Because a lot of people are getting money for free. Like, Hakan mm-hmm. exists, and they make six-plus dollars per round just because. Uh, yeah. And you don't have that with you, and you don't have that kind of economic gains. Um, well, I want to do my due diligence and make sure I've read, like, at least one homebrew from everybody that submitted. And I've only got three people left. So let's let's burn through just a few more. But I do feel like we've kind of maybe found our winner. But let's just let's let's double check and make sure. Uh, so Sigma gave us a lowered uh, amount of re- prerequisites this is just a one yellow which we start with we have sarween like so we this. can get this anytime yep. you may exhaust this card at the start of a space combat to apply plus two to the result of <laughs> each of your unit's combat rolls during this combat your opponent produces one additional hit for each result of nine or ten a little joel <laughs> flagship action before applying modifiers from your unit's combat roll that's wow really sigma's funny. having fun um <laughs> yeah that's wild uh i love the idea of 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 Yin having, I, I just feel like this doesn't help enough. Yeah, yeah. Because it even comes with like a caveat. <laughs> um, I also don't like, I maybe don't love like just bonuses to combat. I think combat is already like difficult enough yeah. to read, you right. know? Right. Um, but yeah, plus plus two to the, I mean, it's definitely potent um, and would be kind of hilarious mm-hmm. to use, um, especially considering like the, the combats that Yin would lose because of picking this <laughs> is really funny to consider. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. This is this this one's good. This, is a, this is a funny idea. Here's a really cute one from the EV Impulse Core V. It's a it's our normal two yellows. At the start of a round of space combat, you may destroy one of your infantry in the active system to produce one hit against your opponent's ships. When one of your cruisers or destroyers is destroyed, produce one infantry in the active system without paying its cost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we have a little back a, and forth. <laughs> we're kind of swapping around a little bit. Yeah. I like that because this this one really informs like a very specific play style. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 good. That's mm-hmm. good. I like that one maybe even better. Yeah. All right, our last one is from Paradigm Drift, and it is Impulse Core Abilities Upgrade. You may use your Devotion Faction ability by instead destroying one fighter in the active system. So upgrade, okay. making making Devotion and even potentially turn them into a fighter faction after we went to yellow. I don't know. There's a second part, though. It says you may use your Indoctrination Faction ability to replace one of your opponents participating mechs with one infantry from your reinforcements that alone might be the reason to get this <laughs> to undo yeah. the mech problem might be yeah enough. yeah it might be enough it, it it does seem like it's very uh i don't know but it's it's i wish we could fix this problem without making it yin's problem mm-hmm. you know what i mean like all right yin you got to get two yellow because right. we messed up how indoctrination works <laughs> so now everyone can get around it easily like why does it have to be yin's problem yeah i i just wish there was a fix that was a little more of a gimme because i just right. don't think that it's it it's i don't think it's right yeah i don't think it's right what we've done to yen i don't think it's right that mechs can just ignore indoctrination they should have freebies um, and they should just get to have them and that should be the way it is well i do think we get to crown a winner i think based on your reactions and my own only chozo impulse score with the two yellows for each of your destroyers or cruisers in a system one infantry in that system does not count against your ship's capacity and when using indoctrination reduce the cost by one influence for each yeah. destroyer in the active system that feels like yin and it feels like yin has an identity to it right right i would here's what i would do though is i mean if, if i was really trying to fix yin i would take this idea mm-hmm. 
and I would set it aside with a list of other ideas, including some of the things that Yin already has. Yeah. And I would just rebuild the faction right. from the ground up. Right. And they, we just need an Omega. There's a, there's two factions that we kind of need this with. Um, I would say is Arborek and uh, Yin, yeah. where it's not enough to just do Omegas of like their individual components. I right. think they just need like, we need like the Yin Brotherhood from the future. Right. Um, to come into and, play and become the new faction that we have. Yeah, yeah. like like we need to like grow this faction in mm -hmm. a way um, and then kind of re take take all these ideas and sort of recontextualize them, shuffle them up and then uh, put them out there. But yeah. this is one that I would use yeah. for that new Yin faction. Right. I don't know where I would put it. I don't know if it would be on impulse core and I don't know if it would cost too yellow. But right. yeah, I, I really like this idea of making indoctrination uh, cheap, yeah. basically. And giving them infantry and space that are free. Absolutely. Yeah. I dig it. Uh, thank you to all of the homebrewers guilds who submitted wonderful uh, things for us to talk about here. This was this has been fun. Uh, it was fun seeing these trickle out over time and see the homebrewers guild like develop some like some of these were literally developments on each other. You know, like Petra was like taking someone else's ideas and moving into it. So I, I just think that's really fun. Uh, I don't have a prompt for like next month yet, but like but my goal is to do this kind of each month. You know, we'll always have the little quick snippet of a homebrew review, but like once a month ish, I'd love to have the topic of choice. So next week's episode, I will have the new thing that all of the Homebrewers Guild works on. And of course, congratulations to, to only Chozo uh, for your victory of triumphing all of the other homebrew. You had the best you idea. You win. You win. Uh, thanks, to <laughs> thanks to our weird bears. Thanks to our weird bears. Big Al Cappuccino, Squid, Squeamish Emu, Pope Billy the Second, Brassbird, Cabal of Soul, Kaluan, Daryl, Jadim, Jedi, Carnal, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Emil Shafsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky M44, Rwise and Tang. And thank you to our Teensy Sprouts, Kraken, General Pith, Hercules, my son is also named Bort, Savant, and Vince. Uh, hey, the finals are the finals on Saturday. Are on Saturday. Yeah. At 1100. They're on Saturday. UTC. That's uh, that's early American morning, just so all the Americans are aware. That's uh, mm -hmm. If you want to catch the first round, wake up. Wake up with us. I'll be up at 6 a.m. Central and come hang I'm out with us. Put on a little makeup. <laughs> I know we have Alice in Pacific uh, time zone. So Alice is starting at 4 a.m. Unfortunately yeah, for them. We're uh, killing them. But uh, guess Not what? The, 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 the Europeans will be suffering at the end of the day. So everybody gets it somewhere. Except everybody for suffers anybody in Eastern time zone is just like A-OK -okay, no matter what in this tournament. This is the Eastern time zone is always comfortable tournament. Uh, just, just so you all know. If you want to do good, move to the East Coast. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say that if Deshuga or Alice win, uh, that they get double double kudos um, for being also abs like definitely tired. Yeah, like there's no way. <laughs> right, there's no way. Uh, you can rate this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to it. Give us a five star rating. It helps algorithm stuff. I don't know. Whatever. Just tell us that you like us, okay? Just tell us that we're your friend. Be my friend and tell me online about it, okay? I want five stars. It fuels me. Uh, you can send this Imperium life stories to Space Cats Peace Turtle at gmail.com this was effectively the season finale and that means i have space to prepare a this imperium life episode maybe very very soon i don't know yeah. but i think i think it's time it's been a long time since the last time we did this imperium life so i'm going to start prepping one of those maybe for within the next month or so uh you can also uh you you can sort of find our website. Actually, right now, you can't find our website. But very soon, you can find our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com. And uh, you'll have information about our Patreon and Discord and merch stuff. But it's like literally in the middle of an overhaul at the moment. So look yeah. forward to the new amazing, wonderful website we have coming your way. 
the new space cast peace turtles is coming up um i just want to say something real quick patreon wise mm -hmm. um so uh if you so we have never done any um any paywall yeah. stuff we've never had any content that is specifically uh for patreon um however i would never do any twilight imperium content yeah. that is behind a paywall but i did recently well by recently i mean um, the over the last couple years. of years <laughs> I've been rewatching Star Trek The Next Generation. And I'm not going to do like a Star Trek The Next Generation podcast because mm -hmm. there's already a million of those. Um, but I am working on one that will just be for uh, just for the Patreon, mostly just because I'm like, well, I'm not I don't want to put it in a separate feed. Yeah. I don't want to put it as a bonus thing interrupting uh, Space Cast Peace Turtles. Yep. So if you happen to subscribe to the Patreon and you like Star Trek The Next Generation, you're going to be getting some of that. <laughs> and I don't. Yeah, that's what point. you get. You're just kidding. You're getting that. Mostly it's not even about anything in particular. It's mostly like. I just need a place to put this, <laughs> and I know that's a place I can I can put it. Basically, yeah. it's um, a place that I'm, doesn't need to be so public, but it, uh, but relatively public would be good. Yeah, that, that's that's what I got. Um, I mean, I guess you could all yell at me, and maybe I will just put it in the Space Cats feed if, like, I don't know, a hundred people yell at mm -hmm. me, then I'll be like, all right, fine. I guess it wouldn't bother you. Yeah. I just don't want to put random things in the yeah, feed. Right. And listen, I got a feed for. Twilight Imperium and board game stuff. I got a feed for video games. I don't have a TV feed. Yeah. Okay. Right, I don't right. know. Like Matt's got a feed for children's books for some reason. Uh, and <laughs> but I I don't have a a TV place to put stuff. So I was just like, all right, I guess I'll do that. Yeah. I'm also yeah. maybe gonna do something about the Venture Brothers, which is even more niche oh, and cool. even less for people. I want to join uh, me and, that. I need to watch the Venture Brothers. I've never. Me and Shelton it. have been slowly rewatching the the Venture Brothers together, and That's we're cool. excited about maybe doing some sort of. Uh, you know, a review of the Venture Brothers type thing. Anyways, we're always working on stuff here at Space Cast Peace Turtles. You just don't always get it. <laughs> it doesn't always show up in the can. I've Sometimes been waiting. Sometimes we decide it's bad before you even have to see it. <laughs> I've been waiting for Hunter to finish this Star Trek The Next Generation project forever because the promise to me was once you were done with it, I don't have to watch all of The Next Generation. I'll just watch your curated list and be uh, rest assured that I'm going to yeah. watch the, the stuff that was what I needed to watch of Next Generation. Yeah, that's... Oh, uh, wait. Uh, oh, you didn't... Uh, that's done. That's yeah, been done. I know, I know. That's I'm ready. I, like I want you to start now. this thing and send me the list so I can start watching this show yeah. uh, at some point, I suppose. I, yeah. I don't actually watch TV. Uh, well, te but technically, you already have. It's already shared with you, but I guess you didn't notice. I didn't uh, know. And Where in fact, I even did message you. I was like, it's done. <laughs> And then I guess you didn't notice, and then you're bringing it up Where right now, you like say, like you're like that'd be cool. I no, did. I you I was don't like, talk Matt. to me on like, the internet like, ever. No, I talk to you all all You've the time. Never I to sometimes me on the internet. No, Matt, Matt, don't even try and do this bit because you know what happens is sometimes I send you multiple things. I will send you a paragraph of various things, and they're not all related. They might be separate things, and then you'll respond to like one of them, and the rest you of do it the just same goes. thing. We okay, fine. We do it to each other. I'm down to admit that. I'm down to say that that's okay. But what I'm saying is that there has been a chunk yeah. i done sent you a chunk and one part of the chunk was hey by the way the star trek Here's thing is ready to go stuff. i got my list of curated episodes that i think you should watch with large logic as to why they should be watched by you and you didn't respond to that part you probably just responded <laughs> to the part where i was like so what time are we recording tomorrow that's kind of generally the ones you go for you tend to ignore the ones that just have to do with 
you know, what I'm thinking about or how <laughs> things are going with me. And it's all business you with are you, are my huh? business partner, not my just, friend. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know what? We need, we need to talk to somebody about this one, okay? That's what we need. We need to sit down, me, you, and Molly, and go to therapy. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Brian Capillas for the wonderful music. You can find more at wanderinglake.bandcamp.com.